Hello everyone and welcome to the Athlete Tribe podcast. I'm your host Lee Eldridge. In this podcast we'll be talking to elite coaches, practitioners, athletes and high achievers about how to improve performance. We'll be covering topics such as training, improving your sport, work and overall life. I hope you enjoy the show today. Please feel free to leave a review. Hi guys, Lee Eldridge here, human performance coach from Athlete Tribe. I hope you're doing well. If you've subscribed, welcome back to the channel. If you haven't and you're new, welcome. On this channel, we're gonna be talking about human performance and about peak performance and how we can go about reaching and sustaining. Today, we're gonna focus on criticism and especially around the area of leadership. Now, as we move forward in life in leadership roles, and I believe that everybody is a leader. So at work, you know, you, you might be leading somebody if you play for a team, you might be leading them. But more importantly that, you know, you might have family that you're leading and overall you're having to lead yourself. So you're going to open yourself up for criticism, which is OK. Now, before we begin, let's talk about the definition of criticism, which is an opinion given about someone or something, especially negative or the activity of making such a judgment. To base this video around, I'm going to look at the work of the renowned researcher, author and speaker, Brené Brown. Brené has worked in this area for decades and interviewed so many people around the area of fear, emotion and vulnerability. And lastly, criticism. Now, if we take a look at leadership as our first point, as we go through life, normally what happens is that we take on bigger leadership roles, whether that's in a company, whether that's in the team that we play in, or you know, in our life, if we have children, family members, etc. And what we have to understand is that the bigger the leadership role, probably the bigger the criticisms that's, that's gonna come. And that's okay. Now, what happens is that if we open ourselves up to that, it sometimes becomes hard to make hard decisions because we're worried about what, what might happen. Let's talk about it for a little bit. And to do that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what Brené says about it. If we break that down and we highlight two points, the first point is that it's somebody's opinion. And that's what we need to understand, that sometimes we we struggle to dissipate that in terms of it's somebody's opinion and we need to understand where that opinion is coming from sometimes. And that's where we should think thinking about context that my three rules of context is that everybody's busy, everybody's got problems, but everybody's trying to do their best. And once we understand that, maybe that criticism is coming from a, a different place to what we need it to. The second point is to talk about judgment. We are in a time and age where we have to make lots of judgments about lots of different things and to a certain degree, give lots of opinions on different things, or we have an ability to do that. If we're making lots of judgments all the time, the problem is that we don't have enough time to truly step back and think about things and make an honest judgment. That means that if we are being criticized, that that judgment might be a snap decision. And I've seen it time and time again 
in meetings with leaders and where we're talking about delicate situations or delicate subjects where people walk out and they just make snap decisions or snap judgments and we actually need to kind of let that emotional side calm down and be more thinking about it from a rational point of view. Like if I asked every single one of you, you would try, what would you try if you knew people would never say this about you? What would that, what would this be? It were, those were the comments that morning. Um, of course she embraces imperfection. What choice does she have? Look, what she, look how she looks. Um, I feel sorry for her kids. Um, less research, more Botox. Um, just mean personal attacks, the things that really, up until that moment, had inspired me to stay very small in my life and my career, just so I could avoid those things. That's an interesting point that she's just made. What it would you do if you were not worried about the critics? If you were showing up and, and not really worrying about what was going to happen? It becomes quite freeing. And this is a mindset that the best athletes, CEO, senior business leaders have because they're willing to make decisions and understand that by making mistakes, we're going to learn. And that's hugely important. To add to this, let's see what kind of changed Brené's mind around it. It's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done it better. The credit belongs to the person who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred with blood and sweat and dust, who at the best, in the end, knows the triumph of high achievement and who at worst, if he fails, he fails daring greatly. So the moment that I read that, I closed my laptop and this is what shifted in me. Three huge things. First, I spent the last 12 years studying vulnerability and that quote was everything I know about vulnerability. It is not about winning, it's not about losing, it's about showing up and being seen. The second thing, this is who I want to be. I want to create. I want to make things that didn't exist before I touched them. I want to show up and be seen in my work and in my life. And if you're going to show up and be seen, there is only one guarantee, and that is you will get your ass kicked. That is the guarantee. That's the only certainty you have. If you're going to go in the arena and spend any time in there whatsoever, especially if you've committed to creating in your life, you will get your ass kicked. So you have to decide at that moment, I think for all of us, if courage is a value that we hold, this is a consequence. You can't avoid it. By reading that quote from Theodore Roosevelt, the man in the arena, we're able to see that we should be very understanding of the critics in the room. Are they the people that are actually doing what we're doing? Are they leading a company? Are they leading their teams out to play? And that's really important to understand because sometimes we take criticism from people that 
have very little understanding of the situation that you're in. If you're not in the arena also getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. <laughs> Period. That's it. You know, I, I, you know, if you have constructive information, feedback to give me, I want it. And you know, I'm an academic, I'm hardwired for wrestling around with stuff like that. If you say, hey, you forgot all this literature, or hey, you should have done this, or terrible sentence construction over here, like, let's go, let's, let's do it. I love that. But if you're in the cheap seats, not putting yourself on the line, and just talking about how I could do it better, I'm in no way interested in your feedback. Let's talk about how to embrace criticism and why we need to, first off. Well, if we're never ever gonna step into the arena, and the main reasons for that is what she noted, which was fear, self-doubt, comparison, anxiety, and uncertainty, we're not going to be able to be leaders. Now, if you want to become a leader, then unfortunately, this is what's gonna happen. You, you know, you're going to put yourself out there. So we'd, everybody deals with these. And what's really important to understand is that they are a prerequisite to some degree of what's, what's on the good side of the coin in terms of love, belonging, joy, trust, creativity, things we need as a leader, innovation, one of the biggest things that we need at this time with what we're going through. But I'd also add that when we do show up and we do embrace it, we become vulnerable. And that's hugely empowering because it, it's our authenticity. And that is one of the biggest areas that I hear leaders talk about all the time. So we've talked about the why, and now here's the how. Let's listen to what Rene does to embrace that criticism. I used to think the best way to put your work out into the world is to make sure the critics are not in the arena. But you have no control over who's in the arena. And the best way I have found is to know that they're there and to know exactly what they're going to say to you. Because each of you know. The three seats that will always be taken when you walk into the arena, when you share your work with someone, the three seats that will always be taken are shame, scarcity, and comparison. Shame, completely universal human emotion. We all have it. It's that gremlin that whispers, you're not, you're not enough. Or if you're feeling pretty confident, like this is, I went through this like in a, when Scott was talking, I went back and forth from like a, like a ping pong table with gremlins, back from, oh my God, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, to I can do this, I can totally do this. Oh, who do you think you are? That's the other gremlin, that's how it works. Like, look at you, big for your britches. Um, I clearly have Texas gremlins. Um, I don't know that everyone says too big for their britches, but. That's what my gremlins say. So shame always has a seat. The other seat that's always taken is scarcity. What am I doing that everyone, what am I doing that's original? Everyone else is doing this. 150 people are doing it who are better trained than, I'm tra than I am. What am I contributing? Does this really matter? 
The third seat, always comparison. How many of you ever struggle with comparison? Oh my God, comparison is a nightmare. Um, you know, I made a pact not to talk to anyone in the green room because what I was afraid that I would end up doing is say, so what are you talking about? <laughs> That's interesting because I'm going first. Um, <laughs> and so if it sounds super good and I think I suck comparatively, I may say that. And then I'm catching a flight to Dallas. Um, comparison is always there. The fourth seat I left open for you. You gotta know who's in the fourth seat. Is it a teacher? Is it a parent? Is it a shitty ex-coworker? Am I the only one that's ever had one of those? Um, the thing is, I don't care what people think. I don't worry about the critics in the arena. It sends a huge red flag up for me. We're hardwired for connection. When we stop caring what people think, we lose our capacity for connection. When we become defined by what people think, we lose our capacity to be vulnerable. Not caring what people think is its own kind of hustle. Trust me. So rather than locking these folks out from the arena, what I'm gonna invite you to do, this way maybe, is reserve seats for them. Which doesn't seem like a good thing to do. But I have 13,000 pieces of data and I've done this work for 12 years and what I have found and what I have learned from these folks and then try to apply it in my own life that has changed my life is to reserve a seat, to take the critics to lunch and to simply say when I'm trying to do something new and hard and original and I'm trying to be creative and I'm trying to innovate, to say I see you, I hear you but I'm gonna show up and do this anyway. And I've got a seat for you and you're welcome to come, but I'm not interested in your feedback. Let's talk about the two points that Brené uses to embrace this criticism. First off, the, the, you know, the four seats in the room all the time. This idea of shame, scarcity, comparison, and that free space for you know, that teacher that was always criticizing you or you know, your colleague or your friend to a certain degree or maybe even your family member and the big one for me is if we think about it is comparison we're very much comparing ourselves to everybody and what we have to understand is that we're all running our own race so everybody's journey is different everybody's peaks and troughs are going to be different as well and we need to understand that to add to that the idea of always thinking, you know, am I good enough? Am I good enough to, to lead these, this group of individuals? And we have to be careful, but we have to understand that's going to be there all the time. The second point is really interesting because over the last few weeks, I've had many conversations with people and they talk about, I don't care what people think about me. And I think that when we think like that, and I can agree with what she's saying is that we lose connection, we, we lose caring about things and that's not what we want to be and imagine as a leader if you don't care about what's going on then you're not going to be a leader for very long. 
but what you have to do is that you have to understand it's not a case about not caring it's just a case of not worrying and there's a there's a slight difference between the two and i think that goes back to making sure that you listen to the criticism from the people that are in the arena with you the last point to add which is truly important is the fact that we need to be able not to just talk about our values but clearly demonstrate them to the people around us and to ourselves i had a great conversation with a leader and they're talking about that they would spend workshops hours on end talking about the company's leadership values which was great but he said that the game changer was when people started to put those values into action and that completely changed and enhanced the culture of that company and the last point to add is that we need that one person that's gonna help us that's gonna pick us up that's gonna be honest with us and just say, hey, look, you had a rough time, but at least you tried. Now go back out there and try again. I hope you've enjoyed this video and I hope you found some things that are gonna help you towards maybe embracing criticism or helping you to develop as a leader. One thing that's clear from leadership is that the higher up you go as a leader, the less feedback that you get and if we think about it from a professional sports point of view, say for example, in the Euros, I play a game, I step off the pitch, I'll quickly have lots of feedback coming in. And then within hours, I'll have all my stats and I'll be able to see where I can improve, where, where I went wrong. And as I mentioned, as a leader, that can be quite tough because what I've spoke about today in criticism is that you need people that are in the arena with you. So what I've done is I've created a peak performance test that you can go and take to see where you're at on all the different areas of performance that can enhance leadership, health, well-being, and overall performance. There's a link in the description below. But I hope that you've enjoyed this video. Thank you so much for watching. It means a lot to me. If you've enjoyed it and you're not subscribing, please hit the subscribe button and tick the notification bell. We'll be back next week with another video around human performance.